Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with wrestler extraordinaire, my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father hey, Len. Irish. So, are you are you ready? Are you got your wrestling clothes on, and you're ready to go? Sure, sure. Usually, it's a little splash of white at the throat, but sure. So the other day I was listening to a conversation between Brene Brown and Tarana Burke on Brene's podcast. It's uh, titled Unlocking Us. Uh, Brene's a researcher for listeners. Uh, I think you're familiar with her, Fatherland. She's a researcher who's been studying courage and vulnerability and empathy and shame for 20 years. She's she's a very bright person and, and done lots of good work. Uh, and I've learned a lot from her. Anyway, uh, Tarana is the founder of the Me Too movement, and they were talking about the shame that Tarana felt after being molested and sexually assaulted multiple times as a young girl. She attributed her shame in part uh, to being Catholic. And it got me thinking about shame and the damaging effects of shame and whether there is a relationship between shame and religion. And, and I think most of us have experienced shame at some point in our lives. So I thought, you know, this might be something really good for us to grapple with today. Love it. I think it's an incredibly important, important topic. I would think, uh, let me put it this way. I think there should be a direct relationship between religion and guilt. But I think there should be an inverse relationship between shame and religion. Well, let me let me do this before we get too far into this, because I think it relates to exactly what you're saying, the guilt, shame, whatever. Let me play a little quick segment from that podcast uh, right. that kind of got me thinking about this so that you can react to this and, and talk about shame and guilt and whatever. This is Tarana talking about her memory of being assaulted uh, when she was a young girl and the shame that she felt. I remember very, very clearly knowing and understanding at about 11, 12 years old that I was a particular kind of girl, that I had gone past the threshold of, of, you know, whatever a good girl was, you know, a clean, good, right girl was. I couldn't be that. This is because I I had been molested and I had been sexually assaulted and and I did not. I did not ascribe anything to the perpetrators, to the people who caused me harm, because I felt complicit in my own abuse. And my complicity caused me deep shame. And so I just decided I'm just this type of girl. And these type of girls, these things happen to these type of girls. And the best that I can do to hide this shame is to pretend to the world, to at least make the world think that I'm a better person. So I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to have straight A's. I'm going to do great in sport. I'm going to do everything I can to create this veneer of perfection. So nobody can see what's really underneath here, which is this horrible girl who can't even keep people from touching her. It's so complicated for a 12 year old to carry that. But, and I was Catholic. I took all the blame on myself. So I was mostly angry at myself. And I'm yeah. looking at these little 11 and 12 year old girls who are the same age as I was when I was going through this thing, who have just adopted their shame is like a, a coat of armor 
You know, they had just adopted this thing. I'm not going there. I'm not dealing with that. I am definitely this type of person. And so I operate from this place because I'm this type of person. And that thing that they had taken on that this type of person was only because of shame. That is painful to listen to. Horrible that anybody has to go through that. But if we're going to talk about, you know, that her problem with Catholicism is it made her feel ashamed. I think we first have to step back and say, what is the difference between guilt and shame? Huge difference. And often the words are used interchangeably. So just a little background. Guilt, we would say as Catholics, is a good thing because it allows for greater connection. It helps us become better at love. Guilt is saying, I did bad. Guilt is over my actions. Shame is the opposite. Shame is not, I did bad. Shame is, I am bad. Uh, Shame is about your sense of self-worth. We would say that should be the opposite of religion. Shame is about disconnection, uh, that we're unworthy, we're permanently broken, we're trash. You heard the real pain that this woman was feeling. Yeah, she basically took took responsibility. She basically said she was trash. Yeah, no, I don't think that's taking responsibility, but... Uh, no, I mean, she she, she uh, didn't attribute, you know, the, the being sexually molested to the person who did the, you know, the molesting and the sexual assault. She, she, and she to, took yeah, some yeah, blame yeah. on herself. Yeah, and I think that's wrong. I, I think shame is always evil because it tries to mar the image of you being made in the image of God. And... The good part is that shame hates to be spoken, and she was good at at least speaking about it. And it's hard to get words around shame, so I'm glad she's articulating it. But she also is not articulating the difference between shame and guilt. It's the difference between, you know, that was stupid that I didn't study last night for the test versus shame saying, I am stupid. Shame is if you... Shame is kind of what she said. If you truly knew who I am, what I went through, what happened to me, then I'd be unlovable. Shame is what part of ourselves we want to orphan in order to be loved. Like she's willing to hide all that and get perfect grades. You know, she said at the end, she said uh, she resigned herself to being this horrible girl who can't even keep people from touching her. Right. Wow. That that was painful. And somebody who's cured of shame, they're not cut off from their crazy parts. Um, You know, I like for me, I admit I have my crazy parts. I always get up early. Uh, I mean, always have anxiety about time. And shame is if you knew all of me, then you would see me as unworthy. And you can hear that in her conversation. And shame is dangerous. Shame is correlated to higher rates of addiction and eating disorder and depression and suicide. Uh, Shame is evil and dangerous. And they're so connected, shame and these addictions, that we don't know which came first, the shame or the shaming event. They're so intermingled. But guilt is the inverse of this. Guilt is the opposite of this. 
guilt is the more that you can articulate guilt about some failure, the more you're likely to succeed next time. So guilt is about amending our behaviors and increasing our self-worth. There's a, a quote I like. Guilt is about I'm here to get it right, not be right. People who think that they're here to be right can't ever admit any mistakes. And somebody who can't admit any mistakes, that's a sign of being a sociopath and or a narcissist, that you're not able to admit, I could have done better, I made my mistakes. And oddly, sociopaths and narcissists, they live in this hole of shame and are always shaming other people. It's a huge red flag if somebody says that they have no guilt uh, because often they're controlled by dangerous amounts of shame. Shame is a tool of evil. That's what I'm absolutely convinced is. Shame is a tool of oppression. It's a tool of racism and sexism. Uh, shame is not a tool for self-improvement. Um, the tools of evil will never dismantle evil itself. Shame begets more shame that begets more violence that begets more misery. Um, so shame, shame is an awful thing. Guilt, I would say, is actually a good thing, as long as it doesn't go too far. Like any joke carried too far is oppressive. Justice carried too far is oppressive. Guilt is a good thing. Well, now, too far. It's dangerous. I must say, I have heard from some of my friends who are fallen away Catholics that seem to attribute some of the reason for leaving the church to what they refer to as Catholic guilt. Yeah, uh, I've heard that too, and I I find that silly because like my mother, uh, we, we used to joke she was excellent at guilt. Uh, like she could make you feel guilty about anything. But guilt is I could do better. I can be more loving. I can be more kind. I can be more patient. Guilt is a tide with self-improvement. So any parent who's a decent parent, they do guilt their children. You can do better. You can like you want your children to apologize. You want your children to say, you know, that that was unloving. I can be more loving. Any coach or teacher. They want their kids to improve. Guilt is about improvement. So anybody who says, I can't stand the Catholic Church because they made me feel guilty. Well, that's what every good teacher and parent should do. Here's the difference. They should never shame both the church or a parent. And I hear, you can hear, you can hear parents shame their children occasionally, and it just, you know, stands out. Or it's amazing how, like, I, I love this where one husband once told me, he says, you know, my problem is that I shame my wife. And he's very funny. He's very, but he said, I shame my wife uh, in little ways, not guilt her. I shame her. And he suddenly was worried about it because she was pregnant and they're going to have their first child, a boy. And he said, what if I do that to my child? And like, I, I loved his desperation that he's got to stop shaming. Give us a couple of examples. I think I know where you're going with this, of where you, you should be supplying some guilt to somebody, but in the same way, you could also be shaming them about the behavior as well. Give me, I think, no, there's, I a, think there's a difference. You can, show, uh, you can show guilt about a behavior and not shame them. 
No, but I um, like I'm thinking of, for instance, um, if a child does something inappropriate or wrong, and instead of saying that was wrong, you could do better, you say that was really dumb. You're stupid. You shouldn't right, do that kind exactly, of thing. Exactly. That, that's the, I think that's what you're saying is the difference between shame and guilt. Right now, and one is based on love, and one is based on evil. So test results or any failure. Like I, I still think this is funny. Some kids from St. Ignatius, which is the school at our church. Right. And um, we have security cameras. So, you know, we have security cameras in the hall and anyhow. So one day I am a huge chocolate fiend. I hide chocolate in my bottom drawer in the (laughs) sacristy. And um, there's a camera in the sacristy. Because I love dark chocolate. And one day I open the drawer and all my chocolate is gone. So okay, Somebody so found your happened. chocolate. So I asked our facilities manager, check the, check the camera. I want to know what happened to my chocolate. And, <laughs> uh, you know, a couple of the St. Ignatius kids come over. And it was just a hilarious video of them trying to steal the chocolate. And they did. So, of course, I called them over and made him I actually did make him apologize and it was kind of funny that they didn't know that I had it on camera so did you show them the video yeah I said and they asked I said well how do you know we stole it and so I just clicked on the computer and said well here you are (laughs) (laughs) and you know I wanted to guilt him so I said listen I don't break into your house and steal your chocolate don't steal mine like that was a selfish act you, you know, you can do better. You, you should know that. But like, I wanted them to look at the um, incident and know that they can do better. But also, like I was thinking years from now, I want them to look back at it and laugh. Like, oh, that was, I can't believe what we did in front of a camera. I'm yep. not mad. I, I don't care about, I really don't care about the chocolate. I care that they thought that they could steal. So you and, you avoided the you avoided the shaming tendency of saying you're an awful person. Little monsters, you little monsters, take on the Irish accent. You little <laughs> monsters, you're ter- terrible little monsters. You're gonna burn in hell. Um, you know, I yeah, you know, in all honesty, I love all those kids, and I want them to feel like th- that they're loved, but stealing and lying are not acceptable. Does that make any sense? Totally. Um, yeah, and I think and that's one, a great you know, example. So you can see the difference between between shaming someone and guilting someone or, you know, I, I think right. so, there's a huge difference. So anybody really who says, oh, the Catholic Church is terrible because they guilt people. No, that's what a good parent does. Uh, a good parent who just ignores their child's mistakes is a bad parent. And I shouldn't say this, but one parent did say, oh, my child would never do that. That's, that's not possible. And I said, I literally have a recording. And oh, you talked to the parents as well. Well, one of them who said my child wouldn't do that. And I said, really? Let's look at it. I'm not saying any of the children are bad, but you have to know as, your, as if you're a parent, your kid's going to mess up. And you want to use that as in self-improvement. Guilt is about self-improvement. Shame is the opposite. Shame is evil. And yet, I have to admit, I know three women who were molested and raped when they were younger. And these three women worked through this terrible 
shame, traumatic upbringing. And here's a part that just amazes me. They know how terrible shame is. And yet they became this, these three women, I would say are the most compassionate and incredibly joyful that they work through their shame. Uh, they're just, for some reason, anybody who has worked through the shame of such a terrible event, I often find them, you know, sources of enlightenment and wise people. They're all very compassionate and oddly enough, just shining with joy. I'd say religion is supposed to heal shame. And so like my anger with religion is not that they guilt people. My anger with even the Catholic church is with all the abuse that happened, you know, years ago, actually it was what had happened in, you know, the sixties and the fifties and the forties. You know, besides an apology, I was disgusted that the Catholic church didn't do anything to heal the shame. So like I was going to have this retreat on those who have been abused, uh, healing shame, that those people who I, I find are healed of shame, they really become these lights of great compassion. Now, COVID <laughs> interfered with it. We're going to do it, try it again in May. But I think religion should be this f- force that, yes, it inflicts guilt, but it also heals shame. And curing shame is so difficult it takes a it's a it's hard to cure shame it's really easy to cure guilt because guilt revolves around forgiveness guilt is about taking responsibility and forgiveness curing shame i haven't that is really hard it does not resolve about forgiveness it revolves around healing um there may be some forgiveness but Um, It's more about healing. Shame is about not taking responsibility. Anybody who's controlled by shame should say, it is not my fault. Shame can be healed with prayer. Shame can be healed, I also think, with laughter. Uh, Not laughing at somebody. Like That's the husband who uses shame or humor to shame his wife. But laughter is also the state of vulnerability. So people who don't laugh can't really be vulnerable is what they um, kind of found. And laughter makes you a little bit more vulnerable. And look at this. It's so sad because in that clip, she wanted to become invulnerable by getting all great grades, top of the line, all that other stuff. Yeah, you know, what's kind of, she's now, she's a great example of what you said once you get through the shame she uh, has become this wonderful counselor uh, and advocate for young girls who have been molested and sexually assaulted. She does seminars and workshops and whatever and all the time beautiful. for and them. So it's, the it's awesome. I've often found shame and compassion. Um, people who are cured of shame tend to be very compassionate. And compassion helps cure shame because shame is very self-focused. When you're shamed, you're really focusing on yourself. Empathy and compassion is other-focused. But here's the part that kind of worried me and made me feel bad is that also when you're cured of shame, you can see the difference between shame and guilt, that you have this emotional graduation, that you can articulate your own emotions. It sounds strange, but some people 
are not good at being able to name the nuances of emotion. Like guilt and shame seem like they're related, but they're actually opposites. Both of them make us feel bad, but for very different reasons. Do you feel bad because you could have done better? Or do you feel bad because some horrific event has made you define yourself as trash? To be able to label the different emotions that you have, that's a great power. It's a power to name what you should be guilty over and who's trying to shame you. And for her, the fact that she said, well, I don't, you know, she didn't like the Catholic church because it made you feel guilty. It means that she can't articulate the difference between shame and guilt. And that's a huge, important difference. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that she, I think what you've done today is done a great job of explaining the difference between shame and guilt, because I really do think people see them as almost interchangeable many times. And I think it's really, there's a significant difference here. And she's gotten through her shame. I I don't know, you know, they didn't talk about guilt, which is interesting. And I don't recall whether Brene Brown, she's done many kind of she's done TED talks and whatever about vulnerability and shame. I don't remember her talking about guilt and separating the two and how guilt can be very to be healthy. Honest, I, I know that she has. Has she? Okay. Um, yeah. Um I didn't I just heard the clip that you played, but I bet in Brene's mind she was thinking, well, guilt and shame are different things. And the, what amazes me is I find a lot in people's private life, shame really does control them. Oftentimes, it's really kind of shocking. Oftentimes, um, women and men, usually men are in their 50s or 60s, they'll come to confession and finally confess that um, they were raped. And they've always had this anger. And I have to tell them, you can't really go to confession for being raped. That's not something you chose. You can only confess for things that you chose to do. Uh, So I give them the anointing of the sick uh, because that's over shame. Like I hope that they are healed of shame. And when you talk to these people, they do realize after a while, shame has controlled them their entire lives. And once they can articulate that, wow, life begins to bloom, but as shame loves to hide in the dark and doesn't well, that, like being named. That's what I got from this that really was stunning to me because as a child, she was unable to tell anybody about this because she was shamed because she felt such shame. And so she hid this and hid this. And it seems like that is always associated with shame. If you're if you're feeling shame, you're hiding something. That's really what you're saying. That right. might be an even a big indicator that it is shame and not guilt as well. Right. You know, I mean, why should I, like I joke? There is no room for pride or really even um, guilt in our religion. Like, and what I mean by that is that why you mean there's just, no room for shame and and oh, pride. Right. Sorry, there's no room for pride or shame, but guilt. Sure, I mean I love people who can openly talk about their mistakes that they've learned from. That's guilt. Yep. Um, but you know that that old line, "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger." That may be true, but 
shame, it sucks up a lot of energy in anxiety and flashback and worry. Don't you, don't you think, you know, you mentioned pride. I kind of think shame and pride are really related, very strongly related. I don't know. Pride is, uh, I think, uh, cancerous, but I think also shame is cancerous because shame is always telling you that you don't deserve the right to exist unharmed or it's cancerous because it's you are trash. But see, like, no, we are not. Tarana, you know, her her shame, and I'm thinking there's maybe some pride there too. She basically said, now I'm damaged goods, you know, and I'll always be damaged goods because I was raped, because I was molested. And, And notice how shame always ends up in violence against itself. Like the echo of shame always has this violence against myself. When she says, I will always be damaged goods, that's not true. And she's just committing once again, one more violence against herself. Well, she's gotten Um, past that now, but that was her reason for, you know, wanting to be perfect because she wasn't anymore. She was no longer perfect. So she wanted to present this perfect image, perfect grades, great athletic, uh, work hard, be a perfect child because she felt imperfect at that point you know which seems to me that there's some pride in there too i don't know but uh i i don't know if i'd call it pride but i would say um like this is the odd part i guess my reaction is she shouldn't be upset that the catholic church teaches guilt just makes us better at loving she should be upset that the catholic church offered her no healing of shame because christ does uh christ heals people of shame there's plenty of little parables and stories where christ jesus doesn't heal him of an illness he heals like the woman who is hemorrhaging she heals her from shame of being disconnected from community and life itself um and i really do kind of get angry that i just didn't find among the catholic bishops any of them coming to this position of saying, we've got to be this force that heal shame. I'm glad they said, we're sorry for the abuse. You know, we'll ha- enact all these things. Well, that's a nice beginning, but I thought it was so woeful. Uh, yeah, so no, Catholic Church, church should support shame. Not shame, uh, guilt. <laughs> yeah, careful there, Father Len. You're going to undo all the good you've done here. No, no, like I, <laughs> I think the Catholic Church should be like a good mother who... who teaches their children guilt. But I like it. I like I it. I'm feeling should... better about uh, making someone feel guilty like my kids or even myself. Guilt is a good oh. thing. You've sold me on that today. I know. And I, I actually joke with parents. No, you just heap that guilt right up. But my mother <laughs> could teach you lessons. I for God's it. sakes, let us heal all shame. I love it. Well, Father Len, I think that's a good place for us to to end this episode. Uh, Thank you for making me feel good about guilt and helping us understand the difference between guilt and shame. I think that's a really good thing. Uh, I will no longer ever associate the two together. So anyway, um, I hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey, uh, climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth and meaning and purpose in our lives. And in the meantime, 
I hope you'll uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and rate, uh, review, and subscribe to the Wrestling With God show. Uh, That way you won't miss any of our episodes. You'll know when we release a new one, and uh, you'll also help other people discover us. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.